Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome back to the Believe in FSU Football podcast. This is your host, Robbie Bagnardi. Recapping the big UNC win today, FSU went into Chapel Hill 3.30 on ESPN and put a beat down on the Tar Heels. And it was a huge win, big-time momentum for the team, for the program. Learning how to kind of getting used to winning is something that I talk, talked about on the Syracuse recap. And it looks like maybe we've turned a corner. Sometimes you get that first win under your belt and it just – pushes you. I mean, this isn't a team that's been necessarily overmatched. You look at the Notre Dame game, the Louisville game, uh, the Jacksonville State game, which they should have won, and they were in it till the end against Louisville and Notre Dame. Wake Forest, who's, you know, 6-0 and and might be the best team in the ACC right now, is the only bad loss that we've had. That was also the first time we went on the road. So some things there, plus that was just an atrocious game. Um, didn't have Jordan Travis. There was the six turnovers. It was that one was really ugly. But to the positive, FSU back on the road in North Carolina this week, and a completely different outcome in Chapel Hill as opposed to Winston Salem. Thirty-five to twenty-five win. The game was kind of a weird watch. UNC outgained FSU, but it felt like you UNC never really. Other than they they went up 10-0 early, and FSU immediately responded. And once it was 10-7, it was pretty much all FSU. Like, FSU was just rolling from there. Um, Jordan Travis was great. 11 of 13, highest-graded QB in the FBS this past weekend. Um, Through accounted for five total touchdowns, ran for over 100, uh, threw for over 100, super efficient. It was great on the ground. Uh, we finally saw some of those RPO looks that I had been talking about, some read option looks, allowing Jordan to kind of read the defense and let things play out before he takes off or makes that decision. We saw how much it gashed us and how hard it was to deal with from the defensive line standpoint when we played Wake Forest. And so finally we implemented those into our offense on a tangible and repeatable level, and it worked really well for us. So I'd imagine we're going to see more of that. Um, in addition, Trayshawn Ward and Deshaun Corbin both played really well. Trayshawn Ward is actually the highest rated running back in college football right now by Pro Football Focus. Um, that has grades for rushing, pass catching, run blocking, and pass blocking. And Trayshawn's excelled in pretty much everything except for run blocking, but you don't typically ask your running backs to do a ton of run blocking. So even that, he had like an average grade in, so you can deal with that. But highest graded running back in the FBS, that's huge. Um, Him and Corbin have been great this year. The offensive line looks pretty solid against UNC. It's the first time since we played Wake in 2018 that we didn't allow a sack. Um, Devontae Love-Taylor got hurt and... I'm not sure how much time he's going to miss. Looks like it may possibly be like the rest of the season. Um, He was in a boot by the time he came back out for the second half when he was in street clothes. So that's 
definitely not good. Um, Babyon Johnson took his spot over at right guard. You know, and the, just more injuries. It it hurts our continuity. Another offensive line combo that we'll have to start. But Maurice Smith is back at center, so that's big. Both of our tackles are healthy. Um, hopefully, Devontae Taylor will be able to come back. You know, for the team and to help his draft stock as well. But we'll see how that plays out as the year goes on. Wishing him a speedy recovery. As far as the game as a whole, though, just a big win. Mac Brown does not want to beat FSU for whatever reason, but I'm not complaining. You know, top 10 upset last year. Then we go in the UNC and beat up on them this year. I mean, it was. We. I've. It, I don't want to say we dominated the line of scrimmage on defense because we gave up like six yards of carry. It was 6.4 yards of carry. Um, so that really wasn't great. We saw some of the better run fits, especially early in the game. I felt like we kind of maybe took a step back and allowed UNC to move the ball a little bit more um, later in the game. But a win's a win, especially over a team that was favored by 17 and a half going into the game on the road. So yeah, that's, you take those in a heartbeat, especially with the way we played gives us a lot of confidence. Um, we've got a bye week coming up and then we play UMass. So maybe probably three and four going into the Clemson showdown. That would be at least interesting and makes that Jacksonville state, not even game, but just play in general sting that, that much more just consistency is the thing that I've talked about and we looked really good all game against UNC it wasn't the inconsistencies throughout the game that we saw but now it's going to be consistently putting together these performances every week as opposed to doing it for like a half you know we saw it against Louisville where we did it for a half, and we saw it kind of against Syracuse, where we played well at points, and then we didn't play well at other points. And then we saw it against UNC, where we played well pretty much the whole way through. So that's a big breakthrough. Penalties are another thing we've talked about. FSU only five penalties for 50 yards this week. UNC, 12 for 110. Super undisciplined by them, and probably a much bigger factor in the game than FSU fans have talked about, just UNC shooting themselves in the foot time and time and time again, and probably saved FSU on a few occasions. And though they had some crucial, you know, holding penalties and things of that nature that definitely helped out for the FSU defense. But we did a good job responding. I like to see the fight. There's definitely not this team hasn't lacked fight and passion. We've seen that all year, which is huge. So it's it's nice to see that as a recurring theme that we've consistently played hard. I think other than the Jacksonville State game, that's probably the only one where I didn't really feel like we played hard. I felt like we came out kind of flat that week, like we had some letdown. But since then I think we've been Fairly solid. The, the Wake Forest game seems to be kind of an aberration, the way we were just like completely out of the game. And I think that's the other good thing, too. Three of our four losses, we had a legit shot to win the game. Louisville's probably the most unlikely of the two or of the three. But, you know, we were driving with a chance to tie down by a score and. That was after a putrid first half, so 
you just you deal with it. You, we we put ourselves in the chance to possibly win or tie the game near the end. So you just kind of have to take that and roll with it. Back to Jordan Travis, though. He played great. Like I said, five total touchdowns, 11 for 13 on the day with three touchdowns to the air. Two of those went to Pokey Wilson, and the other one went to Malik McLean. I really loved Dillingham's play calling, and I'd kind of called it into question a little bit earlier in the season, but I thought that the UNC game plan was great. I loved, loved, loved the second touchdown that Pokey Wilson caught where he motioned all the way across the formation. I really liked that play. Got him wide open. Um, it reminded me of what the Packers did with Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey, how they motioned him all the way across and essentially got a natural pick play to get him wide open. Just things like that, using motion and using your personnel to create openings. Um, generally, like I said, pretty impressed by the play calling. I like the use of the RPOs. I really like the run game. We can't be afraid to go up the middle and between the tackles. Um, I, I really think that that's where we're our best running behind Gibbons and Smith more than anything. Uh, Trishon Ward, who I already talked about, has been great. He's really tough in between the tackles. He's got great quickness, great vision, really good change of direction. He's just, you know, a lot of fans will just call it shiftiness. It's, you know, elusiveness. He's just kind of a hard guy to bring down, but he's also a tough runner. We saw it at the end. He got a huge third down conversion where it looked like he was going to be stopped right at or, or about a yard past the line of scrimmage and kind of spun out of it and just kept pushing, kept going, and ended up with like an eight- or nine-yard run. That's the type of stuff, the ability to make something out of nothing and to get those tough yards is what is so huge. And Jordan Travis does a good job of that from the quarterback position, extending plays and getting out of it. And Ward does a great job of that too. Jason Corbin's a little bit different runner he feels like more of a one cut downhill guy but that's still a really valuable asset to have in your backfield nonetheless so it doesn't hurt and it's it's nice to have two different types of running backs that you can lean on both of them both guys are super productive super effective and complement each other as well you don't have two of the same thing so it's not you sub one guy out and you bring in you know a lesser replacement essentially Versus having two guys who can do two different things that you can allow to play off of each other throughout the game. That's that's big. Like I talked about the running backs, Treshawn and Jay Sean, a.k.a. the Sean boys. Both of them, uh, well, Ward was 12 carries for 78 yards and Corbin at 13 for 55 uh, UNC actually did a rush for 229, but FSU still outran them with 238. We averaged 5.8 yards a carry. Um, I'm sure Jordan Travis's 53-yard run helped that out a lot. UNC actually did average more yards per carry at 6.4. Touched on that already. And the two rushing touchdowns by FSU, uh, both by Travis. And then the three passing touchdowns that I mentioned. No turnovers for FSU on the day, too. Jordan Travis, no interceptions and no fumbles. That's big. Limiting penalties and not turning the ball over is huge. And speaking of turnovers, how about Jerry and Jones? Dude's been kind of maligned all year. He struggled in man coverage. Hasn't been great. I've called him out personally on here. And he was really, him and Jarvis Brownlee both were really good against UNC. And 
The play that he made for that interception was huge. Stays with the receiver, turns around, fires the ball, goes up, fights for it, good ball skills, good strength, comes down with it in the end zone. That was huge. That was a big turning point in the game. It was a huge play. Him and Jarvis both played well throughout throughout the game. They've been inconsistent throughout the season. Hopefully they can use that UNC game to build on that. Um, Kevin Knowles was really good out of the slot. Jamie Robinson and Sidney Williams from the safety spots were our two leading tacklers. Um, I think Jamie Robinson had 12 tackles and Sidney Williams had 10. So those two guys look like the starting safety, Jamie Robinson at free safety, Sidney Williams at strong safety or buck, what they call it. And you have Kevin Knowles at the nickel and Brownlee and Jones out wide. So that kind of looks like our starting five in the defensive backfield. Only took half the season to find it, but... Hey, when you when you start zero and four, you're gonna have to do a little bit of uh, experimentation and projection with your personnel. And then Gainer and Deloach in the middle have been really good. Deloach especially, I love the way he flies with the football, um, fast and physical, not afraid of contact. On the defensive line, Jermaine Johnson's been that guy. He has been that guy. That dude leads the FBS in sacks. Starting to get first round draft buzz. He's every like I tell you, he's everything you look for in a D line prospect. I said it in the the preseason preview: length, strength, athleticism, pure will. He does everything you look for in a D end man. Just he checks all the boxes. He's he's if he's not a first rounder, he's definitely gonna be a second rounder, and he's definitely a productive player in the league. So that's nice to see. Um, Guys like that are important too when you're recruiting other defensive ends, say a Nigel e. Kelly or a Travion Williams or a Marvin Jones Jr. Guys like that can look at somebody like Jermaine Johnson and go, especially for the coaching staff and recruiting, you can say, hey, we have this guy who did this. You might be a better athlete or have better physical traits. So you can definitely come in and replicate at the very least what he's done. That's a huge talking point and a huge, huge recruiting tool for the staff. The ability to to point to a guy who came here and bought in and produced that way is extremely useful, especially in recruiting because it's recruiting is all about relationships, but also you having a physical example of how you can project a kid and how you can use him on the field is probably really really reassuring for that prospect when he's thinking about where he's going and what exactly he's going into so Jermaine Johnson making big impacts on and off the field for FSU defense as a whole felt like played better I feel like the rush yards and the yards per rush are maybe a little deceiving. I, f- I think early in the game, we did a much better job stopping the run, coming out, being physical, filling our gaps. Um, I really like that. Fabian Lovett's been great in the middle. Um, Derek McClendon was back getting some more playing time. Didn't seem as effective as he had been earlier in the season. Um, Marcus Cushney still hasn't gotten a ton of snaps. But like I said, Love it. Briggs being out for the season hurts. Malcolm Ray played fairly well. Uh, Jared Jackson was out against UNC, so that kind of hurt. He's back against uh, UMass. Also, the bye week's huge, so we can kind of get some guys healthy again. Um, like I, Devontae Taylor already mentioned, uh, Jared Jackson I just mentioned. 
I don't know about Love Taylor. Hopefully Jackson will be back. We'll, you know, go from there. But the ability to get guys healthy and maybe not worry about playing all of your best players or guys don't worry about have they have to have to have to suit up against UMass. Um, obviously, you don't want to lay down or not take that game seriously. UMass not a great program. They are coming off their first win over UConn, who has a hapless program at this point. The poor UConn Huskies. But FSU bye week coming up, and then UMass at home before they take on Clemson. That UMass game will be at noon. Not a fan of noon kickoffs, but hey, it's it's two and four FSU and like one and five UMass, so I get it. Just not a fan. But all in all, great win. Super excited. I said after we beat Syracuse, eight and four starts now. Well, we're two and four, so the quest for eight and four continues, and it goes up against uh, UMass next. So hopefully three and four. I'll have more predictions and such on the UMass preview podcast. I think hopefully we'll be the crap out of UMass. But last time I I projected that against Jacksonville State, it did not go well. So um, I'll probably save some of my uh, gaudier comments. But nonetheless, back to UNC. Big win. Super excited. Maybe a program changer. Just something to denote the fact that we're going in a different direction and that direction is not down. (laughs) So, like I said, hopeful but not optimistic. And this win probably gave me a little bit too much optimism. Made me feel like this FSU team is closer to the team that we saw against Notre Dame than the one that we saw against Jacksonville State or against Wake Forest. And I talked about maybe I overestimated the talent level a little bit, but a game like this makes me think maybe I didn't overestimate it and we just needed some time to adjust and and come together and figure out what works for us. But the football season's long. We're only halfway through, and it's been an up and a down one. Hopefully the ascension and the climb upward continues, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm definitely excited for the rest of the season at the very least and excited for the future. Like You start 0-4, and it kind of gets to that point where you're like nervous to watch almost. But I feel good. I feel good about FSU. Not that we're going to go be championship contenders or anything, but um, that we're headed back in the right direction and that we can maybe be closer to that six-win total. You know, it was looking like two or three was was going to be the max, but it might be a little bit better than that. I think we at least win three games. We probably got a fourth or a fifth somewhere. We'll see how it goes. I'm still not expecting us to make a bowl game. Just starting 0-4 is really hard to overcome. I don't expect us to go and upset Clemson. I think Clemson still has more talent than we do, and Clemson's probably a much more you know cohesive unit and team that we are and have their personnel figured out a little bit more, whereas we're still kind of finding our way. Clemson's got a little bit more of an entrenched uh, blueprint as far as how they run their team and their program and et cetera. It'll 
hopefully at least be an interesting game. Clemson struggled some this year, but like don't overlook UMass. We got to win that game. We need to take this bye week to get healthy and rejuvenate and reinvigorate. And then we play UMass. We need to focus on UMass and be UMass before you worry about Clemson. Don't, uh, don't get ahead of the, ahead of the ball here. Just take it one day at a time. Keep climbing as always. This has been Robbie Vagnardi for Believe in FSU Football Podcast with your UNC recap. Uh, this will be the only episode this week, unless you want a preview of the bye week in which FSU does nothing. And then UMass preview next week, and we will roll from there. As always, peace out and go Knowles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.